Hey, friends and family, and I'm hoping that maybe there's the odd stranger that will listen to this podcast. This is my Monday Matters podcast with Holly, and thank you so much for joining me. I have recorded this episode once already, and the quality was terrible, and I'm attempting again to make this sound a little less annoying with less hum. I'm going to continue to learn about what devices and and tricks I need to make a decent sounding podcast bear with me. I'm hoping every episode gets better and better. Um, I wanted to just start off by sharing with you how it is I have gotten to have my dream job and be able to go to work every day absolutely loving what I do and get to call work with my little air quote fingers. Um, Lots of people know that I own the gym, I own K2 Cross Training, and I do coaching with a program called Thriving Motherhood, and then I have a janitorial company. Some people know I have a janitorial company, which I still do, but how I got here is not necessarily something people know about, and so I just wanted to share with you a little bit about myself and where I came from and my family of origin and the things that have molded me into being the person that I am today and the mom and the wife and the entrepreneur that um, is currently in front of people every day at the gym. So I live in Fort Coppell and I grew up in Fort Coppell and I was actually born in Fort Coppell. I was one of the last babies at the Fort Coppell Indian Hospital delivered before they closed the maternity wing and everyone had to be going into Regina. So that was 45 years ago, back in 1976. I was born here in Fort Coppell and I went to elementary and high school here in Fort Coppell. And when I was in school, I we lived on a farm. My family farmed and we did a grain farm and we had six acres of strawberries and a market garden, and it was a ton of work. We worked really hard on my farm. My dad is a double arm amputee, so he is still around with us today, and he still works circles around us most days, but the man has no arms, so we all worked just a little bit harder around the farm, making sure that we could help him with the things that he couldn't do because he doesn't have any arms. So that was just a different dynamic to farming back in the 80s and 90s when farming was a struggle to begin with. And um, we we diversified into the strawberries and that was kind of fun. We got out of the grain farming and that went on until I was in university and I would come home from university and still work summers here. And when I was in high school, I didn't do a lot of sports at the school. Um, I never played volleyball and basketball. I would I would sign up for the team and we'd have a few practices, but in Fort Capel, it was tough to keep a team together. And so I never really played a whole lot of basketball games because <laughs> we couldn't keep a team together long enough to get to a game. But I did play basketball in high school and most of my activities were um, outside of school. So I was I did figure skating all throughout high school and I danced right up till grade 12 and I skied and I worked for all three of those being an instructor. I taught at Mission Ridge all throughout university as well and I taught figure skating and I taught dance and I taught dance actually throughout university too. So 
I really liked doing those things. I liked sort of coaching my whole life. And then when I moved to Regina and I went to university, I did none of those things. Like I wasn't taking my own dance classes. I was teaching the three-year-olds like tap, tap, tap your toes, but I wasn't taking a dance class and I wasn't skating anymore. And it was apparent real early that if I wasn't moving my body, my mental health would suffer. So I had I had the sense even then that I needed to move my body to change my mind. And that was my healthy coping mechanism, or maybe it was my addiction. I don't know. We all have those. But I joined Ladies California Fitness in university. And I'd sign up to be on the elliptical from 4.45 to 5. And then I'd be on the treadmill from 5 to 5.15. And then I'd use the recumbent bike from 5.15 until 5.45. <laughs> that would be my sort of um, my extent of utilizing my gym membership. I had no idea how to use any of the other machines in the gym. I never hired a trainer. I didn't do anything like that. And I just went and was a hamster and did my cardio. And it did it did make me feel good. I did like going to the gym. And I went by myself. There was nobody else, that, none of my roommates, none of my friends, no one else was going to the gym with me. I would go every day and move my body, change my mind. But I certainly wasn't lifting weights back then. And oh, if I had been, that would have been a game changer. I wish I was. Anyway, I went to university and I didn't know what to do. I, was, I applied for uh, education, but I didn't think I was really smart enough to stand up in front of people and teach them anything. And it just wasn't sitting well, um, the thought of me being an educator that way and being in a school system. So I didn't go into education. I just went into general arts and science. And I was just taking some classes and I loved my psychology and my sociology class. They were so interesting and that was my first semester. But the problem was I failed French 100. So now my average was significantly lower with that failing French mark. So the next year I wanted to apply for social work and I couldn't get in because my average was too low. So I had to take another semester of university and bring my average up. So I took lots of psych and sociology classes because I liked them. And I could get good marks in those classes. And I got my average up enough to apply for social work. And I got in the next year. And then I was in the right place. I was a part of the um, student body for the social work faculty. And I loved all of my classes. And I loved doing community development. And I had a fantastic practicum experience. And when I convocated, I worked at a young offender facility in Regina for a year. And really knew that that was my place to be. Um, I'm not, I'm not cut out to sit in front of a computer. I'm not cut out to sit in an office or anything like that. I have always known that I am here on this earth to work with people. And I've always said I'm here to build people and help them be stronger. And so I thought that was all about social work. And now I'm combining those things and helping people feel their strength inside and outside. So I just always knew that was the kind of stuff I was supposed to be doing and not really sure in the exact format, but um, definitely not an office job kind of girl. Anyway, after I was done my degree, it was time for me to get like air quotes again, 
my first career job. And I was so fortunate that at that time, back home here in Fort Coppell, they were hiring the very first social worker to work in the schools at the elementary school and the high school. It was a pilot project called the Community of Hope Project. And all the organizations in town were pulling their resources together to hire the social worker. So it was a huge honor. It was a huge undertaking. And one of the challenging parts was every organization that was putting money into this project had an idea about what the role of the social worker would be. And the administration between both buildings had an idea about what the role of the social worker would be. And every parent in both buildings had an idea about what the role of the social worker would be. And there'd never been a social worker in these schools before. So I could never say, well, the other people didn't do that. So here I was fresh out of university. I might have been 23 years old. And I was navigating this huge role um, with everybody's in agendas and just trying to do the best that I could do paving the way. Like, I mean, there was not even an intake form that I hadn't developed myself. I created everything. And you know, I'm thinking about it now and how much I get Caitlin to sort out for me with my technology. And I think, you know, I designed an entire social work program straight from the intake form to the documentation that gets was getting subpoenaed into court. I designed all of that by myself. I don't know why I have such a hard time getting Foodie Friday to post some days, but I sure do. Anyway, um, so that was my first social work job. And I did that for two years before I had Kenzie, my oldest, who is now 17. And after I had Kenzie, I did go back to work. And I had a fantastic nanny that would come into my house. She was my cousin, or is my cousin. And so Kenzie didn't even have to get out of her pajamas and she could stay home and it was a great situation. And then the next year I had a great situation where I would drop Kenzie off and she was just loved at her babysitters. And so I had really, really good um, working situations. Like I had no, no issues with childcare or anything like that, except I didn't feel like I was balancing work and family the way I was meant to be on this earth to do. I have the value system that if I look after the people I'm in charge of, the people that are in these four walls and give everybody else what's left over and extra, then I'm doing my job to the best of its ability, to the best of my ability is what I'm trying to say. I think that if I look after the people that are here, myself included, the world will be a better place. And so I was having a hard time being the kind of social worker that I liked being, which was available and engaged and hanging out with the kids. And I used to run programs on Friday nights and I used to be able to stay after school with kids. And I was really involved and got to be in the classrooms a lot. It was a really fun job. But it was hard to manage that and make sure I was picking Kenzie up right after school and look after her and be home on the weekends with her and do all of those things. So when I went on my second maternity leave with Kada, who's now 14, I just knew that going back to that life and going back to that juggling was not what I was here to do. And so I resigned as a social worker and it terrified Corey. He, he was not on board. And if you know Corey and I, you know that Sometimes I have to do things that 
Corey's not on board with. And sometimes he is very influential in making sure that I'm doing the things that I should be doing. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But so Corey did not think I should be resigning as a social worker. He liked the stability of the paycheck and the stability of the pension. And I said, I don't really care about either of those things right now. And so I didn't go back to work after I had CADA. But I had started this janitorial company and I was cleaning buildings. And once I got the RCMP detachment contract, it became very obvious that I was making more money cleaning a building and I could hire staff to even help me clean this building and still be making more money than I was as a social worker, which is kind of sad, but was working well for me and my family. So like, let's go with it. I loved my job as a janitor. I still have my cleaning company. I'm still managing those buildings and I still love what that company affords me to do. It was flexible at the time. I could stay home with my kids and we could do gymnastics and start programs in town. We started Gymboree and I did wacky snacks at the schools and taught people about nutrition. And I, I loved that I could do all of those things when I wanted on my time frame, and then work was super flexible and I was appreciated. I worked in great buildings. I would go and clean up and people would say, thanks for doing a great job. I mean, that was not happening at home. <laughs> I was cleaning up here and no one was thanking me ever. So I really did, really did appreciate and love the janitorial job that I was doing at the time. And it wasn't until Kata went to grade one that I had this meltdown because I don't know if I was five years postpartum. I don't know if it was my midlife crisis, but I was home all day without kids, just waiting for people to come home at the end of the day so that I could then leave and go cleaning. And I was not doing what I was put on this earth to do anymore. I was not building up any humans anymore. They were at school all day and I did not handle being home by myself. So the detachment had a bay where they had some workout equipment and I got invited to do a workout with them. And I jumped at the chance because I just needed something for myself, something that wasn't for the kids and wasn't for Corey and it was just mine. And that's where I fell in love with the functional fitness stuff. Like I did box jumps and 400 meter sprints and wall balls and I did well, I did not do. I was attempting pull-ups. They were so hard. I did not do pull-ups for years, but I was attempting to get stronger every day. And I loved my workouts at the detachment, but I was not being coached by anybody who knew anything about CrossFit at the time. That's for sure. And I was just um, part of this group that we would just find workouts on the internet and write them up on a white piece of paper and tape it to the wall. And just get together and do these workouts. And so I wanted the women that I was running with at the time to get the sense of strength that I was feeling now that I was incorporating some weightlifting and explosive movements. And so I started coaching the same workout that we did at night. I would take that to the high school in the morning and I'd use Corey's keys to get in and I'd start meeting with some ladies at the high school to do a weightlifting kind of workout or a CrossFit workout. And that exploded. I had made an arrangement with the school that 
these ladies and I would use the gym at six o'clock in the morning and I would take money from them, but I wouldn't use it as a wage. I would buy equipment for the school so the kids could use it. So these ladies would come five days a week at six o'clock in the morning and do a workout and they would pay me and I would buy barbells and wall balls and bumper plates and we'd use those with the kids at the school. This was a fantastic situation. I loved it. It went on for about three years. I was coaching out of the high school. And it was the best hour of my day, as Corey pointed out, when my next sort of crisis was veering its ugly head. And it was about April or May. And I said, okay, I know summer's coming. And I love the summer. And Corey's off school and the kids are home and the lake is always super busy. But after summer comes fall and I always fall into this slump in the fall when everybody goes back to their fun lives and gets back to school clothes and does all of those things and just leaves me at home again. I said, I'm not looking forward to the fall. I've got something's got to change. I am not okay. And Corey said, well, the best hour of your day is from six till seven. I think you need to do more of that. I think you need to go get your CrossFit level one. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? I've never even been a CrossFit in a CrossFit box. I've never been coached by a CrossFit coach. And you think I'm going to be arrogant enough to walk in and try to get certified as a CrossFit level one coach? Yeah, yeah, I do think you're that arrogant, Holly. I think you should do this. (laughs) And so he found a course in Red Deer because there wasn't one offered in Saskatchewan. And my cousin Tiffany, who had been my nanny, she lived in Red Deer, so I didn't need to pay for accommodations. Then he found a really cheap flight that went from Regina straight to Red Deer, so I didn't have to drive by myself. He basically figured a way to take away all of the excuses I was trying to make. And he purchased this certification for me and clicked by and said, have a good time in Red Deer. You got this. And I was like, oh my God, I studied the manual like from one end to the other before I got on that airplane. And I watched every YouTube video that there was in existence about the CrossFit Level 1 course. And I got to Red Deer and I was the only person from Saskatchewan at the course. There was 60 people there, every one of them, 59 other people were either already coaching in a CrossFit box or at least working out and training in a CrossFit gym. And there I am, having never even been in one. And I was like, ah, you want to talk about imposter syndrome? Like, I did not belong. But I knew my stuff and I'd watched all the videos and that weekend that PVC pipe just exhausted me. I worked my butt off. I listened to everything everybody was talking about. I participated in all kinds of the conversations. I just soaked everything up and then slept for two days when I got home from that because I was so drained and so exhausted. And I wrote the test and I passed and I now have my CrossFit level one certification. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I got certified. Now what? So I don't have K2 cross training page. There's no Instagram at this moment. I'm just on Facebook with my little Holly Cochran profile. But I put out there, if I opened a gym, would anybody join? And I could not believe it. It is to this day, my most commented post that I've ever made. I got 100 responses. 
So I had these 16 women with me at the high school that would move over to the gym. And then theoretically, there was 100 people who put their name down on Facebook saying that they would join a gym if there was one in town. And it just totally snowballed. I applied for a GST number. I registered a business name. I got Kelsey Klatt to make me a logo. I just, I started doing all the things and I got a building and I measured it for some mats and we bought mats and I bought a rig and things just expanded to the point where in September, September long weekend of 2016, I opened a gym and I was coaching Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, seven classes a day. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I coached five classes a day and I had no staff. Nobody was working for me back then. And thank goodness life has evolved and I have awesome people on staff now and helping me. And I still coach a lot, but I have fabulous people there with me and things have scaled beautifully. Um, but the the next piece is I've always, always believed that I'm going to look after the four people in my walls first and give people what's left over. And as my kids gain some independence and get a little bit older all the time, that affords me just a little bit more time to scale and grow as a business. So I knew that nutrition was where the magic happened. I knew that when I start talking to my athletes about nutrition and they start getting on board, that's when the real changes start to happen. And so I talk nutrition all the time with my athletes. I was always talking about it. And as you know, with the dynamics with Corey and I, he really likes to figure out ways for me to charge people. So he said, you talk nutrition with people all the time, but you can't charge them because you don't have any certification. You need to get some certification. So he signed up using my name for the Precision Nutrition course. And he knows I don't really like doing like online courses and tests and it freaks me right out. And so he said, if you don't want to write these tests, I'll write them for you. But you need some certification in your name. So I started to do the Precision Nutrition course and I loved it. It aligned exactly with the kind of nutrition counseling I was doing. I did all of the lessons. I wrote all of the tests. I got 90s and 100s on everything. It was a fantastic course. And I have since done a couple of other nutrition courses that are also just as good. And I started the nutrition counseling portion um, of my scaling of my business and growing it and trying to make this the whole package at K2 and at Thriving Motherhood. So here we are today. It's been five years since I've opened the gym. I have my Thriving Motherhood group, which when I I took a business course in amongst all of this and I had to design my ideal client and who I get most passionate about when I'm working with them. And it was so easy because the conversations that I have with moms who are trying to feed their families and trying to be healthy and trying to lose weight and trying to have time for themselves amongst all the other things that they're trying to do, those conversations are the ones that fire me up the most. So I knew that working with the thriving moms was where I needed to be. And that is where this um, Thriving Motherhood program has developed from. But anyway, so from being a hardworking farm girl to a failing university student to a 
social work graduate. I was a school social worker. Um, and then today I made a post about being a sanitation engineer and running my cleaning business, which I am still doing to this day. To now being a gym owner and a nutrition coach, I have let all of these parts of me meld together to being the person I am today and definitely not stopping here. I will learn something new every day. I am constantly trying to get better at what I'm doing. I love, love my job. It doesn't feel like a job that when I, I don't feel like I have to go to work. I never feel like that. But I want to do it better all the time. I'm always trying to figure out a way to coach better, to learn more, to add, spice things up, to change it up, to be more creative. I I love doing that for my people and I appreciate my membership so much. I was closed for three months during COVID and survived. That was a big, huge deal for me. And I continue to survive only because I have the support of my gym membership. So I know that and I thank them for that sometimes publicly, sometimes just privately every day. But um, anyway, this is the end of my first podcast. If you would please share it so that others could get started in telling me what they would like out of the Monday Matters podcast. I have tons of ideas of things that I'm going to talk about. But what I truly want to talk about is things that you want to hear about. So leave me a comment, make a suggestion, that would be fantastic. And just remember that you deserve to feel amazing. You deserve to feel amazing. And the Monday Matters podcast is going to be here with uh, tricks and tips and habits and information that should help you do just that. You deserve to feel amazing and I am here to support you 100%.